Why is Vladimir Putin threatening nukes? Why is the FBI ignoring child sex cases? How is the new NASCAR next-gen car like America? Find out the answer to all of these questions and more on today's Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 205 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and a whole lot to get through today. The world is melting down, but you know that. The world may literally melt down, though, if things continue along the path that they are on as Russian president. Vladimir Putin is now threatening to use nukes if he is pushed too far and saying that it's not a bluff, that this is real. And this story is being covered everywhere. And the way the media is, it's not hard to understand the story that's being told and it's not hard to understand why everybody immediately jumps to an absolute freak out because that sells i guess newspapers still are there still newspapers it gets eyeballs it gets clicks but the reality of what's been going on as we have talked about here on this podcast is not a simple thing that's going on. It is not just a dispute between two countries. This is not about Russia and Ukraine, and it has not been about Russia and Ukraine pretty much from day one, at least what the world sees as day one. And that is because Ukraine has been getting a lot of help. Ukraine has been being supplied with a whole lot of weapons, a whole lot of money. And we know that there have been people coming from various countries to fight for Ukraine. Now, maybe that's true with Russia as well. And I know there are other countries like Belarus. There's some other like, yeah, China, maybe Russia. You need a little help. But once this becomes a bigger deal, once this becomes a larger conflict, this is where things start getting really bad. And they can go, once they start getting really bad, it can go down the drain pretty quick. That domino, if it falls, the first one, then you have a lot of problems. But the easiest way to explain this is hey, you and a neighbor are having a little bit of a quarrel. Maybe the neighbors put up a fence and you're like, hey, no, you're six inches over my property line. And they're like, no, we're not. You're actually over our property line. And you start having a fight with the neighbors. I mean, a physical fight. And when that physical fight starts, well, then more neighbors start jumping in 
And rather than trying to de-escalate the fight, rather than pulling you and your neighbor who are warring over this fence, rather than pulling you apart, they're taking sides. And for some reason, everybody's taking your neighbor's side. And they're all coming. And they're beating the crap out of you. Well, what are you going to do at that point? What choices do you have left? Because that seems to be the situation that Russia is in right now. And I'm not making the case for Russia being morally right. I have no idea. I don't know enough about what's going on. I know everybody wants it to be nice and easy and black and white. But I don't have that kind of information because I know people lie. I mean, I can't get accurate information about what's going on with my government here in the good old U.S. of A. I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on over there. So I'm not making a moral judgment. I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. But what I do see in this case is Russia believing they're being wronged by their neighbor. And now the neighbor, Ukraine, is getting help from just about everybody in the European Union and even from the United States, billions of dollars. So this is like, you know, a neighbor down the street sending your neighbor that you're having the fight with about the fence, sending him, you know, some uh, shotguns so he can repel you back to your land. That's what's going on here. And Russia has been saying for a while, um, we know we're not fighting Ukraine here. This war has not been Russia versus Ukraine. This war has been Russia against a conglomerate of countries from the EU, the United States. And maybe there's a few Ukrainians involved too, but really, they're not funding this. The United States is funding a lot of this. The United States has sent a lot of weapons in. And to not think that there is going to be repercussions for that is just simply not logical. Simply not logical. So while nobody wants something like this to happen, you have to wonder how far can you push somebody? And I really think this makes the case against Putin being a complete, insane, maniacal maniac who is in not, no control of his facilities, because if he was, we'd have all been nuked long ago. But we have to ask ourselves, just how far are you willing to push this for a country in Ukraine that doesn't seem to be the most on the up and up country around? There is no question about the fact that the Ukraine government for years has been one of the most corrupt governments. But again, not making a moral judgment on either side. Just pointing out to you, what do you think would happen? What would happen in that case of you and your neighbor having an altercation? And then all of a sudden, all the other neighbors are coming in and they're beating the crap out of you too. And hey, wait, you know, you know, you've got a gun in your pocket and they're beating the crap out of you. And there's more people running down the street with baseball bats and they want to beat your ass. Are you not going to pull out that weapon you have and use it? Aren't you? Wouldn't it make sense? That's what I see as going on in Russia. Maybe I'm totally wrong if I'm totally wrong. 
feel free to reach out to me and let me know. But that's exactly what I see going on. This is why Putin is coming out with, you know, uh, we have the ability. I mean, I can quote him directly for you here. He says, quote, and I'm assuming this is a uh, translation. Quote, to those who allow themselves such statements regarding Russia, I want to remind you that our country also has various means of destruction and for separate components and more modern than those of NATO countries. And when the territorial integrity of our country is threatened to protect Russia and our people, we will certainly use all the means at our disposal. He added, it's not a bluff. Now, the media, of course, is just going down the let's get people riled up road. I have never really heard anybody in the media try to explain what's going on here because the media at this point needs to make their moral judgment. They need to push their narrative and they no longer stand back and try to explain the situation to people and let people make their own decisions as far as what may be right and what may be wrong. Now, that is not what we have here. And again, I'm fine with the fact that Putin might be the horrible, evil aggressor in all of this. But I don't know that for sure. I don't know what's been going on there. Again, I don't know what's going on here in the United States because we are living in a time where information can move so freely, but be even more freely changed altered, edited in a way to keep just certain facts out and leave certain facts in, depending on, again, what narrative they push. So I would implore everybody in situations like this to try to get both sides, even though people on MSNBC say that's dangerous. Look at both sides of the story and try to understand what's going on. Do not get emotional about the news i mean if something happens directly to you and your family feel free to get emotional but when you are absorbing a story about what's going on between countries around the world don't let emotion get involved that's when you get in trouble that is when you are most likely to be duped that is when you are most likely to be taken advantage of Because it's really easy once you get somebody on your side emotionally to get them to agree to just about anything. And look at these cases and go, well, why is this? Why do I think this is happening? Play devil's advocate. I know that's really hard. But put yourself in the shoes of the person or the group that you think is wrong and be like, well, why may they be doing this? Why why are they saying they're doing this? Vladimir Putin, again, may be a big, bad, evil guy. But he has been pretty straightforward on his take of what's been going on over the past couple of years, what's been going on in Ukraine, how he feels he is not fighting a war against Ukraine, that he's fighting a war against the NATO nations. He's fighting a war against the United States. And ask yourself how you would 
respond to that again. You're having an argument. You're having a fight with the neighbor. And then all of a sudden, the other neighbors all start piling in and they're all on the neighbor's side. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This all happening is Joe Biden is scheduled to address the U.N. General Assembly, which that ought to be good. Joe is not good at speaking. According to Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, quote, Biden, well, Hill, it says, Biden, offer a firm rebuke of Russia's unjust war in Ukraine and make a call to the world to continue to stand against the naked aggression that we've seen these past several months, end quote. Again, you see exactly what they're doing here. No, it's that guy's fault. Yeah, it's okay for all the neighbors to come and beat the crap out of you because you're bad. Exactly what they're saying here. And calling it an unjust war in Ukraine, maybe it is. Then again, people keep saying from this administration that Russia is unjustly keeping Brittany Griner in jail. They won't admit that she actually broke the law of the land in Russia by bringing drugs in. No, she's unjustly being held. No, when you break the law in a foreign country, that is not unjustly. You may not like it, but it is not unjust. This, again, is a bunch of people trying to push something on a party, in this case, Russia, that doesn't agree, does not like it. The woke stuff doesn't fly in Russia. And that's the problem. That's why they must be silenced. They're probably not LGBTQ2 friendly enough. And that's why you got to go after them. So, again, look at stories in a way that maybe give you a little bit of a different perspective. And I hope that's what we do here on the podcast make you think a little bit differently than you did coming in do i think we are at a heightened threat of nuclear disaster right now i don't but i also don't believe that vladimir putin is bluffing so i believe it's definitely on the table what form that will take i don't know but The problem is once that first domino goes down, you never know exactly how far it's going to go. There have been other stories out that FBI whistleblowers, which we have talked about a few times on this show, that there have been FBI whistleblowers coming forward and the latest information coming out of this According to an article on Just the News, the headline, FBI whistleblower alleges January 6th cases manipulated to create the illusion of a national crisis. (coughs) Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray says, quote, the FBI's case categorization creates the illusion that threats from DVE which is domestic violent extremism, are present in jurisdictions across the nation when in reality they all stem from the same related investigation concerning the actions at the Capitol on January 6th. Such an artificial case categorization scheme allows FBI leadership to misleadingly point to significant increases in DVE threats nationwide. End quote. So basically, they're taking 
what happened on January 6th and trying to make it seem like this is much bigger than it is. That it was not one event that happened in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol, but no, it is spread all around the country. And there are lots of people involved. And this is all very dangerous to our government. Because, you know, there was one day at the Capitol when people were pissed off. What has happened since? What has happened before? I mean, I know what happened before because we saw the Black Lives Matter riots and looting and the burning of cities that lasted a little longer than a day. But is the FBI interested in the people that were involved there? No, not at all. Don't care. Do not care at all. It's like it didn't exist. But a few hours at the Capitol, January 6th, the investigations will go on and on and on and on. And according to the whistleblowers, they are allegedly taking agents away from other crimes, including, you know, like child sex exploitation. That's not important as long as we can go pin some stuff on the Republican people so, you know, Donald Trump doesn't come back or the Republicans don't win in the next election. The FBI is now completely off the rails. I don't know how this gets fixed. The FBI leadership needs to go. The people in charge need to be gone. If they are more interested in pinning a narrative against Donald Trump, that they are willing to take resources away from protecting children, that's what's more important. The FBI is basically saying that, you know, those child sex predators that might kidnap, rape your child and kill them even. Well, that's not important because we're really worried about Orange Man bad. Just remember that when you get into that voting box or booth, what is it now? Is it a box? Is it a, is it a booth? But the next time you go out and vote, I mean, you may not even have to go into a booth or a box. You might even be able just to do it at home. And that's totally secure, right? But whenever you next cast your vote, remember this. Remember what has been going on and vote logically. Again, do not let emotions get involved in this. Because I'm fine with you hating Donald Trump. I'm fine with you being like, hey, the guy was a blowhard asshole. Didn't like him at all. But how was the economy? It was a little bit better. How was inflation? It was a little better. Cost of gas? Way lower. Cost of groceries? Way lower under Donald Trump. I mean, I know Joe Biden and the media will try to lie to you still and say it's the Putin price hike. All a lie. Under Donald Trump, were things better for you and your family? I'm not even saying you want Donald Trump back. I'm just asking you to look at something without emotion involved and try to act as logically as you can and answer those questions and then vote the way you think you have to vote. Just understand that emotion is not going to feed your kids. It is not going to put gas in your car. It is not going to protect you and your family. But go ahead and vote that way if you have to. I want to move to NASCAR for a moment. And I know there's a lot of people who don't like NASCAR, and that's fine. This is more of NASCAR. Consider it a parable. 
and how NASCAR is a lot like what's been going on in the United States currently. Because NASCAR is having some issues this year with their next generation car. This is a completely different system than they have used in any other season in NASCAR. And this next generation car was created to try and level the playing field, if you will, and make it easier for teams to compete. But there have been a lot of problems with the car. It has been highlighted a lot in this first part of the playoffs. And NASCAR does playoffs in a very weird way. And it wasn't always like this, but it is a system that has evolved over the years. Back when I first started watching NASCAR, they did 30-some-odd races. And you got points for each race. And the person with the most points at the end of the year, they were the champions. That seemed to kind of make a lot of sense. But NASCAR then realized that they weren't like all the other sports who had playoffs. And they noticed that a lot of people only showed up to watch the playoffs and things like the NBA or NFL or National Hockey League. I mean, baseball, all the same thing. The playoffs were a big deal. So NASCAR was kind of like, hey, we want a playoff system. So they created this system, which it's the only playoff system where once you get to the playoffs, all the teams still get to play because you still need the teams out there racing. I mean, I guess you don't need them, but it would be very inconvenient money-wise for those teams not to be out there. And then the track would be pretty much empty. What again, whereas in baseball, you got 12 teams now making the postseason, and then everybody else goes home. In NASCAR, you have the 16, I believe it was, teams that made the playoffs, but all the other teams continue racing throughout the end of the year. It's just they're not eligible for winning the championship, but they can still win the race. So that part of it's weird, but they also have a thing where after the first four races of the playoffs, they get rid of four drivers. So they're trying to keep whittling this down So the amount of people that could actually win when it gets down to the final races, you're down to your final four. It's not like there could still be a bunch of people competing. I don't know why it seems to be antithetical to me, but that's the way the system is. And one of the things that happened in the first race of this year's playoffs was Kevin Harvick, a driver that's been around for a long time. He's almost my age. He's 46. So he is the oldest guy, I think, out there competing regularly in NASCAR. In the first race of the playoffs, and when you're in the playoffs, every race is now very meaningful, especially since you know you have a chance of being eliminated just a few races later. In the first race of the playoffs, uh, Kevin Harvick's car, it caught on fire. So what did he do to cause the car to light on fire? Did he hit somebody else? Did he spin? No, the car just randomly caught on fire, and that pretty much screwed up his playoff chances. Kyle Busch, two-time champion, had engine failure in the Bristol race, something that almost never happens because it's not just normally a track where your engine would blow. Last year's champion, Kyle Larson, said, quote, I think when they did the wheel force testing here, every manufacturer had issues. It showed up today. I hate that it happened. 
but that's what you get when you get spec parts. Ooh, yeah, spec parts. Kevin Harvick also made the comment that this is what happens when he didn't say spec parts. He said a uh, another S word that uh, is found to be one you won't say on radio or television. But bad parts. Chase Elliott, also NASCAR champion, says it's a. Uh, he was pretty unsurprised, saying, "Quote: It's exactly what I thought it might be. Power steering problems that have been a topic of conversation. There are tire issues." And why are all these issues happening? It is because with the next generation car, here's the parable. In this year, NASCAR decided, you know, we'll just provide all of the parts. The teams will no longer be able to manufacture, get the parts from wherever they want. As long as they meet our specifications, no, they have to buy the parts from the people NASCAR say they're going to have to buy the parts from, which means that if the supplier sucks, well, it's going to suck for everybody. And the teams do not have the ability to create their own parts. So I'm like thinking this is quite a lot like the push for equity in the United States. You know, you think you're going to bring everybody to the same level, but it is never going to bring them up to the higher level, to the higher standard, to the better life. No, it always seems to be you're going to bring people down and then everybody is going to suffer because the end result is not as good. The parts, it seems, are not as good. And while this may be reducing the cost, it is also causing injury concerns It is causing concerns that the cars just are not very reliable. And the teams know there's very little that they can do because they have to get the parts from who NASCAR says you have to get the parts from. And then, then you really start wondering. Then this is where the conspiracy theories would be coming in. If you have to buy the parts from the people that NASCAR say you have to buy the parts from, well, doesn't this give NASCAR? along through these companies i should say doesn't it give them a lot of control over who wins and loses these races when they have control of the parts that if they break you know your car just stops working in the case of kevin harvick's car it just started on fire and i don't mean this was just like a little fire under the car it started that way but you know when it started coming through the dash that's when he decided it was time to park the car and get out, which was a really good call. Again, there was no damage. He didn't hit another car, didn't hit a wall. It just randomly happened. Something built up and the car caught on fire. Not something you would want happening to you while you're out on the expressway and certainly not something you want on a racetrack when teams are going by you at well over a hundred and some odd miles an hour. But this really did make me think of what's going on because, well, everybody's the same. And I get this concept. I do get the concept because it's one that has been around racing for a while in various forms. Years ago, there was a series called the IROC Racing Series, which they took some of the best guys from NASCAR and IndyCar and whatever racing series, the best of the best. 
and they would get them together. And rather than having their own teams working on these cars, the racing series was the one that provided the eight or 10 cars, wherever it was. And they were all the same car and they were all set up exactly the same. So this was the concept that, well, if you take out all of the money and all of the, you know, maybe cheating going on with the way the cars were set up, if you gave all of these drivers the exact same car, how would they fare? And that worked out fairly well. But for some reason, NASCAR with this current car, with this current next generation vehicle, the parts are breaking. And that is not good. Maybe it's just going through a phase and maybe they'll get these things fixed moving on after this season. But if not, they're going to have some real problems because then it is going to start questioning the integrity of the sport as a whole, as far as, uh, you know, which teams are getting the better parts or not when they're just being kind of handed out to them. But I think you might start losing fans if the fans' favorite drivers are taken out of races, taken out of championships because the car just breaks randomly. I think the fans get it if there's a wreck or something like that, but randomly breaking? No, that is not a good thing for the sport. So I hope NASCAR gets that fixed, and it really does. It enlightens what's going on in the world where you try to give everybody the same, where you try to have equity, where you try to make everybody fit into the same mold, and it just does not work. If you follow NASCAR, who are you going for in the championship hunt this year? I kind of like Joey Logano or Ross Chastain mainly because they're the guys that most the most fans hate. That's usually the way I pick my drivers. Who hates them the most? I will go and root for those drivers. It's just more fun that way. It's more fun rooting for Darth Vader than it is rooting for Luke Skywalker. Just saying. With that said, I want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you got something out of it. I hope that, uh, you know, we're making you think a little bit, but entertaining you at the same time. If so, tell a friend about the show. And we do work on the value for value model, which means there's no paywalls or anything like that. But if you've gotten any value out of the show, you put a number onto it. Go over to our website, randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, slash donate. Click the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. Use the QR codes or the wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. You can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts if you're in that ecosystem and if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app right now. And if you're not, you may want to go check out newpodcastapps.com. But if you're on a podcasting 2.0 enabled app right now, you can boost us right now. You can send us a boostergram, which attaches a message. We'll get it along with your donation. It is all decentralized. It is all done in such a magical way, thanks to Adam Curry and Dave Jones and everybody working on that project. It is very much appreciated. But anyway, you can support the show. It is appreciated. And I do have one person to thank today. Thank you, Johnny Hipwell, for coming in with a 333 donation. You are our hero today. You are the executive producer coming in from Canada, too, where that's 333 American, he sent. That's like $4,000 Canadian. Because things are not good in Trudeau's world up there. But we appreciate you for listening to the show. Johnny's always having fun over on Twitter. 
And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you telling people about this show and Planet Rage that I do with Larry Blydner, Unrelenting that I do with Gene Nevtuliev, Grumpy Old Benz that I do with Ryan Bemrose. And there's a brand new show that will be coming out soon that I think everybody will enjoy as well. It'll at least get you into the educational process. I have another dentist appointment today, but that should be nice and easy. Just getting me ready for the crown. The root canal was the hard part, right? With all that said, I will be back next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Orange Man Bad.